are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by On Location. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL, and it's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information, or you can search Super Bowl on location. So we have Expert Tuesday today, and I'm very excited to have Aaron Schatz on the program from Football Outsiders. He is um, the father of DVOA. So for um, everyone who's like, why does this guy talking into the microphone insist on talking about DVOA? Um, the person who helped create it is going to be on the show to talk about it, in part because right now the metrics don't love Green Bay. Um, there are... In fact, three teams, <laughs> three teams that Packers have beaten are ahead of them on the DVOA list, ahead of the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, ahead of Monday night football, not the Super Bowl. Uh, the Bills and the Patriots cannot meet in the Super Bowl. So uh, Aaron is going to come on and talk about why that is, um, how week one is potentially affecting all of that in the numbers, not potentially, it is affecting all of that in the numbers. And we'll dig into the NFC playoff race and a lot more uh, later on in the show. We got some updates from Matt LaFleur on Monday. Uh, he said there is a possibility that all three of, or any singular three of, David Bakhtiari, Zadarius Smith, and Jair Alexander could be back this week at practice and that they hope to get all three guys back this season that they haven't ruled any of them out is good news. Um, they have been less optimistic with Josh Myers, who's been coming back from uh, knee surgery uh, in November. And so they're still trying to figure out what that means for their offensive line. Luckily, Lucas Patrick, his best position is center, and that's where he gets to play. Um, John Runyon Jr. has picked up the slack at left guard. And if they're able to get David Bakhtiari out there, then then you, I think, feel really good about where this offensive line is. They do not need those guys to beat the Bears this week. Now, that doesn't mean that you can let down. That doesn't mean that you don't need to bring the intensity. The Packers have oddly. Not done well coming off the bye in the Matt LaFleur era so far. Now, they did come out of the bye in in both playoff instances and play well. So I don't, like, there is this, oh, well, the Packers in the bye week under Matt LaFleur. Well, 2019, that that Chargers game was was just bizarre for a lot of different reasons. They came out really flat, no energy, and... The the Chargers made some some plays, some big plays that I got the, the that whole game was just weird. I, th I think there were three or four possessions in the first half by the Packers. I mean, they just they didn't have the ball. 
it was it was a very weird game. And then the, the second game was Tampa. They started fine in that Tampa game. And then the wheels just fell off. Aaron Rodgers threw some picks and and the train went off the tracks in the playoffs. They came out guns blazing against the Seahawks. They came out with a really good plan against the Rams. So I'm not worried about this post by malaise problem such that there is one. I don't think there is one. I think, you know, there, there's some some noise in those numbers. And we're only talking about in the regular season two of these games. This is also the Bears. And the Packers have a chance to clinch a playoff spot, um, you know, end the NFC North and do it at home against the, the Bears in December at Lambeau. If you can't get up for this game, if the fans can't get up for this game, if you can't get excited about beating the 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 Bears to a pulp, because it's not a good football team, and and they don't seem to be getting better, and Matt Nagy, who knows what the future of Matt Nagy is, um, and and no, look, we all know the future of Matt Nagy. The question is, how soon does he uh, meet that future? It could be after this game. This could be one of those the the Packers win thirty five to 10 and Matt Nagy is called into the principal's office on Monday. That could be what we're looking at. The Packers, I I don't think they need to make a statement in this game. They just need to not let down. They've had some really good, they're, they're playing some really good football right now. And, you know, they're coming off a really big win, but at the same time, you know, uh, they're they're not necessarily the favorites right now. And there are going to be some, oh, what about Arizona, Tampa Bay? They're the favorites. All that stuff. Plenty, plenty of reasons for this team to feel like they still have a lot to prove. And by the way, they do because they haven't won the Super Bowl as a group yet. And essentially, it's it's Aaron Rodgers um, in terms of people left over and Mason Crosby left over from the Super Bowl team. So. Everyone on this team still has something to prove in terms of getting that championship hardware. They, they, it starts this week. Five games to get the number one seed. The number one seed is extremely important because you get that pass. And this is something we're going to talk about with, with Aaron Schatz. This is a season where anything can happen. Where there is so much parity, where there isn't that much difference between the, the the best or second best team in the conference and the fourth or fifth best team in the conference. Now, after that, I think it really gets crazy. But Washington already beat Tampa. So, I mean, this is this is a year where stuff has just gotten crazy because there, there isn't that hegemonic team. There isn't that um, unstoppable force. In the league right now. And I think that's good for the league. But it also makes the number one seed. Where you just get a free pass. Into the second round. You just get to go to the divisional round. You get to host. You get to get your guys healthy. That's great. That is extremely valuable in a season like this. Now if you're the Packers and you're the two. Are you going to fear going on the road in Arizona? Absolutely not. Are you going to fear going on the road to Tampa? Absolutely not. Especially warm weather. It's not going to bother you. It's not because it's not going to be hot. That's not going to be the issue. This but this one seed is important. Now, I think it is less important to 
the players than it is the fans and the media. We see this regularly. A team gets in, they punch their ticket, and then they let down. Now, the Packers haven't done that. But the rest of the NFC, the the middle of it, it's making it easy. San Francisco, Minnesota, they're losing these games. You're going to let Washington and Philadelphia. I mean, there could be three NFC East teams in the playoffs. It's not going to scare Green Bay. It's just not. They already beat Washington handily without any of their guys. Um, or at least without the guys that they could be getting back here. And I, I, they're they're not afraid of Philly. I mean, I don't know why anyone would be, although Gardner Minshew, the, the jean shorts prince, um, did look pretty good on Sunday. The Packers, their, their march toward the one seed, it really starts now. And we talked about it yesterday with, with the schedule talk. Um, if they're going to get some of these guys back, there are, there are some, you know, there's some momentum now for the Packers as the favorite. Ryan Wood on the beat mentioned it, that if these guys come back, the Packers are the favorites. I've been saying this for, what, two weeks, three weeks now? Since the Seahawks game, three weeks, that when this team is healthy, they are the favorites. They are the, not the NFC favorites, the Super Bowl favorites. I continue to believe that. Now, they have to get healthy. We don't know if they're going to. We don't know that they will. That is, this is not fait accompli that they are going to get healthy. But a healthy Packers team is the favorite. One last injury-related thing. Not really injury-related, but health-related. Jordan Love is on the COVID list. Um, He is vaccinated. So that means this has to be a positive test because you can't be a close contact. He will need um, a a set of negative tests to get back with the team. He was going to probably take all the the first team reps this week. Rodgers is still dealing with that pinky toe issue, and these are valuable reps for him. Missing out on that opportunity, does it impact this year? You hope not, because if it does, it means he's got to play again. And unless it's week 18 when you've got everything sewn up, you don't really want him playing in a game that you need to win. So just because Rodgers is better right now. Uh, so that that part of it is a bummer. I think it is also a reminder that this is all just like tenuous. And Keenan Allen, Cameron Jordan, some big names tested positive on Monday or hit the COVID list. And so we just, this is fingers crossed here. We're, we're white knuckling it to the Super Bowl, you know, in, in some ways more than last year because um, th- this happened once and the Packers came up short. And so this is such a great opportunity for them that it is all the more important uh, with all of the context too around Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, all that stuff, that this is this is potentially it. And so we're just we're just all like doing this to make sure we can get to the end of the season and not have any more of these issues. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free iPhone 5G so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for $30 a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of America's largest 5G network so you can do it all with the speed 
of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Today's episode is also brought to you by On Location. Super Bowl 56 is at SoFi. It's less than 100 days away. And On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels. No one does LA hotels or does five-star hotels like LA and the food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Packers could be going to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying might be something to check out. Joining me now for Expert Tuesday this week, particularly aptly named uh, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders is here. This is a long time coming for people who are, are longtime fans of the show, longtime followers of me on Twitter. They know that I'm a big fan of DVOA. Aaron, that leads me to my first question. Why does DVOA hate the Packers? Hate the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's a couple of reasons. The the main one is week one, right? So in DVOA, we consider every week of data during the season. We also have a stat called weighted DVOA that lowers the importance of older games. But even that includes like 15 weeks of games before you start dropping games out entirely. So week one is still in there a little bit. Okay. So week one was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like week one was like really, really bad. And <laughs> as the Saints get worse, the opponent adjustments for the Saints end up getting less impressive. So that right. game just gets worse and worse. Um, you also have the Jordan Love offensive game counted in there. But the biggest thing other than week one, if you took week one out, they'd be like sixth or seventh. Okay. So, you know, in the pack with the Rams and the Cardinals. Right. It makes sense. Um, the other thing is they don't have any really dominant victories. Yeah. Like they've got a lot, like the only game they have all year that's below average is week one. Like even their losses by DVOA come out as above average. In fact, DVOA thinks they really outplayed the Vikings right. despite losing that game a couple of weeks ago, but they also don't have any really dominant victories. Um, and by the way, the Arizona Cardinals are the same way. The Arizona Cardinals don't have any really super dominant victories. The way the Bills have five games with DVOA over 60% and the Patriots mm. have three of them and Green Bay has none and Arizona has none. And so, you know, a lot of our research shows it's those big dominating wins over bad opponents or even better, like what the Patriots did. With Cleveland, a big dominating win over a mediocre opponent right? Um, that really shows a championship team. And the Packers don't have any of those. And they ha- they still have more opportunities, right? You're, we're, we're not saying they can't do that. That's just where they are now. And and something that, that you and I were talking about on Twitter before we, we came on here was 
DVOA also does not account for injuries. And so I think there is this perception that these wins are more impressive because of who the Packers are playing without something like DVOA does not account for not having Jair Alexander, not having Zadarius Smith, not having Bakhtiari and still playing, you know, as you said, above average in these games. Yeah, above average in every game. Like even if it's only a little bit above average, it's still above average. And even in the Jordan Love game, they come out as above average once you adjust for playing Kansas City. But yeah, I mean, I the thing is, you know, if we're trying to predict going forward, you have to adjust for injuries, thinking about who's coming back. But from what I know, a lot of those guys aren't coming back. Right. So as impressive as it may be to win without them, they're not coming back for the playoff. Uh, for the playoff run. I mean, Bakhtiari should be, right? We we hope. We will see. We don't know on Zadarius Smith. We don't know on Jair Alexander, but someone like Elton Jenkins, not coming back. So yeah. that's just that's just the reality of that. So you do these um, simulations as well, using your model to push forward into the NFC playoffs. Um, ahead of the Monday night game in the NFC, who is the favorite to come out of the NFC by DVOA? So right now the favorite is Tampa Bay. At 28.5%, then Arizona at 22, and Green Bay and Dallas are each at 18. And does that build in the, the fact that the, the Buccaneers are most likely to get the one seed, or did you, is, is that something that you're able to even? It's actually based on the Buccaneers being the best team in our ratings because mm. they dropped a little bit this week because they only beat Atlanta by 13, and Atlanta <laughs> is the worst team in our ratings. Yeah. Despite being five and seven, they're our worst team. So Tampa Bay dropped a little bit. So actually, we now have Arizona favored to get the one seed, followed by Green Bay and then Tampa. But because Tampa is the better team in our ratings overall, we have them favored to come out of the NFC over Arizona and Green Bay. So let's let's back up a little bit because... We've been we've been using this this acronym a lot, and there are people out there who are probably going, "What are you talking about?" So let's just you know thirty thousand. This is this is almost like atmospheric level view here with DVOA. Yeah. Can you go back to the the genesis of DVOA and what you're attempting to show in its creation? I wish I had called it something else. Um, <laughs> DVOA stands for Defense Adjusted Value Over Average, although right. it's actually just Opponent Adjusted Value Over Average. And it's not as catchy it, as War. What it it's not as catchy as War, unfortunately. What it what it does is it gives every play a success value that's based on the down and distance and how many yards you get, you know, turnovers and losses are negative value. And then it compares that to a league average baseline, which is adjusted for situation and opponent. And the result is how efficient you are in general when it comes to moving the ball and moving the sticks. And so 2019 is a good example. Green Bay, they win 13 games, but by DVOA, they were, they were not, a 13 win team you have you have i believe you guys call it approximate wins is that right and then there's you also have the pythagorean there's estimated um, wins which estimated is based wins. on DVOA splits and then there's yeah there's um there's pythagorean wins which is based simply on points scored and allowed but by pythagorean wins they were one of the most overperforming teams of all time that year <laughs> yeah um not that they were a bad team just that their underlying performance was much closer to a 10 and 6 team than to a 13 and 3 team. 
And and so we have have had discussions, plenty of discussions on this show about close game luck and those kinds of things. Um, that was part of the reason. And, and you can see that in something like the Pythagorean expectation, right? That if you're if you're not blowing this goes back to our very first point, if you're not blowing teams out, it probably is an indication of your quality as a team. And the Packers just haven't done that yet. Right. But I mean, it's not like we hate the Packers every year. For example, last year <laughs> right. the Packers were third overall in our right. numbers. And and Aaron Rodgers was a you know the best quarterback, and I voted for him for MVP. So it's nothing against the Packers. It's just definitely in 2019, they really overperformed their underlying stats. And this year, they really are being dragged down by week one. <laughs> I've been I've been do, using the the EPA numbers and I've just been eliminating week one. I'm just like, no, we're we're just we're just throwing it out. And I don't I don't know if that's fair or not, but um right. the it, problem is every team has a game that they right. probably wish they could throw out. I mean, and Arizona has a better argument. Arizona has a better argument for throw out the Colt McCoy game against Carolina. You know, if you're gonna throw out one of their games, I mean, at least the Packers game against New Orleans was all their normal players. Right. It, the, I think that this really came into focus for me um, in 2008 because the Packers in in Aaron Rodgers' first year, they finished 13th in DVOA. They were six and ten, but they lost yeah. all of these close games. They lost all these games on the on the last possession, and that actually started a streak where I believe they were the number one team by DVOA in the division every year for like 12 years, even when they didn't win it. The big one is 2010. In 2010, when they were 10 and six, they were third in the league in DVOA, even though they were only 10 and six. And of course, they went on and won the Super Bowl. Right. And and so the you mentioned weighted DVOA, which accounts for for the more recent games. Is there? I mean, I, I assume you have some sort of historical data that says those those games are actually more valuable valuable yeah, because like. Go ahead. It's not much different. The correlation between weighted DVOA and future performance is not that much better than the correlation between total season DVOA and future performance. It's like an itty, itty, itty bit, little bit better. But I know that people want to, people think of teams in terms of recentness. You don't, you, we don't want to be like if a team made a quarterback change or, um, you know, there've been a lot of injuries. We don't want people think of teams in terms of the last couple months. So since it is a little bit better correlation, I use weighted DVOA to do uh, like projections for the future rather than total season. It, it's it's an interesting idea too, because if you look in college sports, like college basketball, there's some evidence that, preseason rankings are actually useful in determining outcomes in the NCAA tournament because it helps us, you know, discern talent and those kinds of things. It's why you use Dave, right? Why you use your right. projections. This was something all the that way I was, up until 13, all the way up until a team has played 13 games. At that point, the projections are gone from the I, I was talking to Ed Fang about this over at the power rank because he was saying, you know, the more he the, he did the modeling and was working on the 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 numbers, the more he realized that his projections were actually um, more useful for longer than he realized. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And um, I mean, there's some, there's some research that suggests you should be using projections throughout the entire year, which um, 
probably would be good for Green Bay because we had them projected pretty good before the season. It would be. Um, the, the numbers don't hate Green Bay, um, or at least the people who create the numbers. They, there's no bias there. That, that's I was obviously joking about all of that. But there is something that I want to ask you about, um, and that is this idea of, of momentum has become a, a, a flashpoint among oh. NFL people. Yeah. And there is the analytics community that says, if it, if it existed the way that we talk about it, why is it not borne out in the data? Can you, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. We talk about in, in-game momentum, right? And this is not to say I don't believe in week to week. You know, some teams do get better as the season goes along. Right. Some teams do get worse as the season goes along, right? Carolina was better at the beginning of the season. New England is better now than they were at the beginning of the season. In-game momentum, there's no evidence that it exists. They talk about it all the time on the broadcasts. Uh, Now that this team has the momentum, now this team has the momentum, oh, the momentum is going to shift. The biggest problem with momentum as it's defined in the way that people talk about it is that it shifts so easily. How can it mean anything? Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Like if if you the problem is nobody can define what momentum means. And when you try to define what momentum means, you discover it has no predictive value at all. So like how well a team has played in the last drive has no effect on how well they'll play on the next drive. Mm. I also find the idea kind of a little bit absurd from a a sports psychology perspective that how well the offense plays will have so much effect on the defense. Like in part because these are professionals and they go out there every week and they're thinking to themselves, I'm going to kick some ass. Mm Mm-hmm. So you know what? Like if the offense turns the ball over, I don't think the defense goes out there demoralized like, oh, no, here we go, defending a short field. They're professionals. They go out there and think, all right, here we go. We're going to kick some ass. We're going to hold them to a field goal. You know, we're awesome and we're going to do our jobs. Like I I feel like um, I don't know whether momentum is measurable in like high school sports, but I feel like once you get to the NFL, it's pretty clear that the way it's mentioned on broadcasts, it's always something that's only definable in the past tense. Right. Like, like we can go back and look at a game and be like, oh, here's where momentum shifted. But like when you're in the middle of it, the phrase, oh, now the momentum is with the home team has no effect on how well the home team or visiting team plays the rest of the way. It's wild too, because anyone who has ever played, like not even competitive sports like if you played in the backyard you you feel it and if you're at the game it seems like you can feel it but again this is one of those things where just like if if it exists in the way that we talk about it why I'm, i'm i have to tell you i'm very conflicted about it because i swear that it exists and every time i look at it i go no it 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 if it does where is it and that i i struggle with it i really do I agree with you that it you feel it. Like when you play sports, you feel it. When you watch, you feel it. It feels like, oh, you know, that team is coming back. But like, I mean, uh, I'll give you a really good, like a good example. There was a game between the Patriots and the 49ers eight or nine years ago where the 49ers started out in New England. It was like a 28-point lead or something. Mm-hmm. And then the Patriots came all the way back to tie it. And at that point, you would be like, the Patriots have the momentum. They have come all the way back to tie this game. 
they are going to win this game. And then um, San Francisco scored on a long pass to Michael Crabtree on the next drive. And that was it. That was the end of the game. <laughs> even this week, even this week, Chargers, Bengals, Chargers had a 24 to nothing lead. Bengals came back and scored 22 points. There's no question. Bengals had the momentum. Right. And then the Chargers suddenly pulled away. Joe Mixon fumbled. Like the momentum did not stop Joe Mixon from fumbling and the Chargers from picking it up and running it in. Like the Bengals had all the momentum after coming back. And yet the Chargers then went out and scored 19 more points and won the game, what, 41-22 or something. And and even in arenas, I mean, we we act like fan emotion can dictate outcomes. And there are times when you watch a game and you go, man, that the crowd really... You know, they we feel it especially in basketball, right? When when a team is going on a run and the crowd seems to just uh, deflate, but then all of a sudden, like LeBron or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry, right? We never note when man, the crowd is really freaking into it, and it just isn't mattering. Right. The team is still struggling to fight the fact that this crowd is completely behind them, right? Like, we never notice the opposite. We only notice it when the narrative fits the momentum narrative. Right. Like the 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 grind city Memphis crowd only affects them on the defensive end. It never helped their offense make shots because it's just not a they're not a good shot making team. Right. So let, let's let's close with I this. Say so, right, like I know anything about basketball. <laughs> well, but I it's right. Um, <laughs> as we as we now now look at the end of this season, um, in terms of the NFC playoff picture, I know what the what the numbers say. What what you guys have projected here um, is is you you are also someone who watches the game as well. So is there is do you feel differently than than the numbers do about the NFC playoff race right now? I mean, I feel. It's really hard to still talk myself into the Arizona defense, given what we expected from them before the season. But they've played really, really well. I think Vance Joseph is a coordinator of the year candidate. Yeah. Um, And so with that in mind, I mean, I feel like Tampa Bay and Arizona are the best and most well-rounded of the teams in the NFC. I mean, I'm personally rooting for Dallas because before the season – I, I decided I was going to go out on a limb and not be boring and predict Tampa Bay. And I predicted Dallas would make the Super Bowl. And if they do, I will look good. Right. right. So <laughs> that is what I'm rooting for. But I think in reality, I feel like, I mean, Dallas is a pretty well-rounded team too. I, I feel like, I mean, and Green Bay is, their def, their defense has just not played as well as the Arizona and Dallas defenses. Right. And their offense has not played as well as the Tampa Bay offense, but they're really in it too. This is a very even year. I mean, this is a very even. Our numbers have the Patriots higher than they really should be, I think. And I think if you bring them back to the pack a little bit, the NFC is pretty even. The AFC is kind of even too. We think we think the Chiefs are better than their numbers. We think the Patriots are probably not quite as good as their numbers. The Bills may not be quite as good as their numbers either. It really looks very even in both conferences. It does seem like there's four NFC teams and then just everyone else. And well, so, the Rams, the the, pro, the Rams. I, oh, right. I, I guess five. I can't sleep on the Rams, especially given that this year is the third straight year where it feels like there's no home field advantage at all in the NFL. Yeah, good point. So I don't see the Rams' chances of winning it all to be any different than whichever team is the four seed and has to play the Rams. 
The advantage goes to the one seed, which doesn't have to play anybody, and the two and three seeds who get to play, I don't know, Washington or Philly or San Francisco or Minnesota or something. That 4-5 game, which looks most likely to be Dallas versus the Rams, is going to be a hardcore fight. <laughs> I can't wait. I I, I... I hope that that is the matchup just because I think it would be great football. Um, so I still think I still think it's going to be a really good NFC playoff race. I just think there's there's definitely a drop off after those top five teams. I mean, um, the thing is that one thing we know about going forward is our projections are counting offense and defense the same. But what I really should be doing and will at some point in the future, once I've done more research, is counting offense a little better than defense. Because offense is more predictive than defense and special teams. Yeah. And that gives an advantage to the teams that have been better on offense, which right now the team that is best on offense in the NFL for the year is Tampa Bay. Right. Right? Like Green Bay is very, very good, and Dallas is very, very good, and Arizona is very, very good when you take out Colt McCoy versus Carolina. <laughs> but um, Tampa Bay has been the best offense in the league, so that you figure that gives them a little bit of a leg up. Yeah. Well, uh, Packer fans certainly hope that's not the case, but um, that's how it played out last year. So I don't think it would be that surprising if it played out. The yeah, same but right given here. the way that it played out last year was that a wild card team won three right. on, on the road to make it. There's nothing stopping a four seed or a three seed. You know, it really does feel very, very. It's not like the team that gets the one seed is going to be totally dominant over the other teams in the NFC. Like it's going to be pretty close. It is. And your numbers say that considering they have uh, the the team that's not the most likely to get the one seed as the favorite in the NFC. So um, a lot of great stuff, Aaron. This was awesome, man. Thank you for coming on. And um, uh, we'll, uh, hopefully we'll do it again. Thanks for having me. And uh, just a reminder to all your readers to check out footballoutsiders.com. Yes. Check out FO Plus, our subscription product, which has all kinds of advanced metrics and fantasy football projections and research tools and picks against the spread and come represent the Packers in the discussions on our site. We love, uh, we love Packer fans, more Packer fans. Absolutely do that. I have, I have the, the premium. I use it all the time in preparation for this show and on the leap newsletter. So um, come, come join me. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks a lot. All right. I want to thank Aaron for coming on the show. Great to talk to him. Um, and we, we, we dove into some, some deep analytics territory. Um, but I, I haven't, I don't think I've asked anyone on the podcast, uh, about the momentum idea. And so I'm, I'm, um, like I said, I'm, I'm still trying to come to terms with it uh, myself, but, uh, the, the data is what the data is. In life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or maybe you're bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up poolside, uh, maybe creating my own taco flight, Corona, margarita, can't decide, maybe I'll have both. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy. With beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. All right, we are going to be back. We have a a different schedule this week. Uh, Knows how you're doing tomorrow. We're going to do crossover Wednesday, old school throwback, and then we have a special guest on Thursday. Uh, I'm not going to give that away yet. I want to make sure that that 
we get all the ducks in a row for that. But um, I'm very excited to, to bring that to you um, and, and promote something that I think is really important. Um, so that is coming up later in the week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you so much for being our first listen. Make your second listen locked on bets go make some money you got the packers news go listen to to your boy q and lee sterling do their thing they are hot this year so go check them out as well and anytime you want to hit us up on the locked on packers fan hotline you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay locked on packers